When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome back to Blue by 90. I am Justin, joined by Jack and Kalen as always. It is Thursday, January 27th. We're rocking with Michigan men's and women's basketball, both uh, both rolling right now. Uh, are we I, – I, I keep going back and forth. Football school, basketball school, I don't know. It feels like the day of the week, it just depends, you know. It's basketball season now, so it's uh, we're basketball school. That's okay. that's my thinking behind it. It's acceptable. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I think I just go. You know, if basketball loses, then we're if Mich- if men's basketball loses, we're a women's basketball school. If women's basketball loses, we're a women's gymnastics school. Um, I'm we can just keep going down the line, right? <laughs> you fair weather fan, terrible. <laughs> Something bad has to happen for it to change. You got to ride it out for your team. All right, all right, all right. Well, not so much bad is happening right now. Uh, So men's, uh, they beat Northwestern in what probably shouldn't have been a barn burner, but it was. Uh, Did Sparty beat Northwestern? I don't think they did. Let me go. Okay, I'm bringing up that. No, they did not. No, they did not. And I, in fact, after a little research there, they did not beat Northwestern at home, too. That was very well acted. I thought you were look, pulling up something for a second. I can tell those squinty eyes. You're looking like me for a second. Uh, um, I, I mean, you go back to that Michigan-Northwestern game, though, and it was like, all right, Michigan had it in hand the whole game. 
and then was about to throw it all away in the last eight minutes or so, and then somehow climbs back again, uh, even though Hunter and Musa are both fouled out, and Jaron Falls, of all people, becomes the hero. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the funny thing when I'm we were because uh, we recorded with Scaracco a little bit after halftime yesterday, and they were up, I think, by 10 at that point, 10 or 12. And then we go back to finish the game, or like we see the final score, and I'm like, what the hell happened? And you know, you watch it kind of downfall and they figure it out. But yeah, how about Jaron Falls? Love to see it. Guy working hard. Was he a third, third or fourth year guy getting in, um, getting some significant minutes now? Yeah, he's still a walk on. I know that for sure. So he's. He took, you know, obviously COVID affected the roster and affected their rotation, and he's just kind of taken that in stride. So good for him. Um, you know, I think the odd part of that, though, is why is Jaron Falls getting the playing time at the end of that game and not Brandon Johns Jr.? You know, that's the big question for me. And there's a lot of, you know, we can go into it a little bit, but. I don't know basically is the answer. Why, you know, is it COVID? Is it uh, Johns isn't ready? Cause he did play. He has been in, uh, but like, is Jaron Falls jump Brandon Johns in the, in the rotation now? I mean, I know Johns, what it was maybe halfway or about 10 games in the season. Didn't Johns get pulled from the starting lineup? I mean, yeah, that it's was just his inconsistency, man. Yeah. His inconsistency, it's a liability. So I don't say why not try somebody else, see what happens. Yeah, I think they're just looking for something a little new, you know. And and Falds, I mean, whenever I see him out there, he's like playing hard. And he's played against some some, you know, like played against Kofi basically as best <laughs> he could. Start was against <laughs> Kofi Coburn of all people. My <laughs> God, brutal. I feel bad for him. What a what that's like the definition of thrown into the fire right there, I'd say. And he survives. Uh, yeah, yeah, he didn't do bad. He didn't do bad. But, you know, I, I think when you look back at Brandon John's, uh, you know, career at Michigan, it's like you're just waiting for him to break out, waiting for him to make that, mech, that next step. Like, all right, you've got the three ball down in the corner. All right, you, you know, you finally got some handles and you've got some touch around the rim. When are you going to put it all together? And he just hasn't. And, you know, this year definitely I think – Michigan was looking for him to step up as kind of an X-factor guy, and, and he just hasn't. And, and Musa Diabate has taken that spot, obviously, full-time now. Um, but it, it's it, it's really interesting to me to see how that played out. But, you know, and maybe it's – once again, we keep saying it, but it's a long season. He could maybe come on, you know, late in the year or something, and, and he, there's probably going to be a spot where Michigan needs him uh, and I hope he can step up for sure. And that's what that's what I love. I mean, not so much what I love about it, but with Brandon Johns being so inconsistent, you know, have him come off the bench. And if he starts off hot, keep him in. Let him roll and, you know, continue him playing well. And if he doesn't, put him back on the bench and, you know, let him sit the rest of the game. Um, the, the thing that sucks about that for him is he's, it seems like he would be on such a short leash. But I feel like that's what you kind of have to do with Johns. Like, you don't. You kind of know, like from the beginning of the game, how he's how his game is gonna go. <laughs> it's either he's like on or off, right? right? Either either he knows how to handle the ball or he doesn't. And sometimes he just literally like can't catch the ball uh, and, and can't put it in the basket. So I I totally agree. I mean, listen, I 
uh, people are going to be like, oh, you only beat a 9-9 nine nine Northwestern team by two. You had to rally back for it. I will say this until the death of me, and especially on your uh, when you're on the road, a win is a win in the Big Ten. People go, you know, there are teams out there that lose really good teams that lose to really bad teams in the Big Ten. And you saw, I mean, we joked about it with Sparty, but like Sparty's a good team. And when you look at this Northwestern team and you put them against the talent of, of Michigan State, you're like, there's no way that this team should even be on the same court as them, right? But sometimes it just happens. That's what happens in the Big Ten a lot. Yeah. And Northwestern never like quit, right? I mean, yeah. they were they were fighting that whole game. I mean, they I don't know what the kid's name was, but he hit some shots. Boo booey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had <laughs> boo booey. What a all time name, all yeah. time Hall of Fame name, right there. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna segue for a second. Hall of Fame. You guys see Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens gonna make it in the Hall of Fame? Kurt oh, Schilling. Schilling too. Yeah, yeah, Schilling's like a racist though, isn't he? Something like that. <laughs> no, I mean, no, didn't didn't he come out with some stuff? Yeah, he's he's he definitely like a, a little odd political guy, right? Or something. I think it was more politics know. than just being a straight racist. Yeah. But like oh, Gary okay. Sheffield and like a lot of guys didn't make it in. Yeah, it was. I mean, but like, like Barry Bonds, come on, steroids or not? I mean, that is impressive as hell. Was, and how many guys are in the Hall of Fame that have era. done right? Steroids save baseball. Put the man in the Hall of Fame. He's leading home run. Like he he was incredible to watch. Like that broke my heart a little bit seeing him. I feel not like it's home. all political at this point. Like the fun. Hall of Fame is full of like guys who were drunks and used to beat their wife in like 1930. <laughs> oh, so yeah. like put a guy in there who took some steroids. Yeah, to make the game better for all of us. <laughs> this, this was quite the tangent. <laughs> we went, we really went for it. Uh, I'm a, a lot, real of, a lot of accusations out there. <laughs> yeah, that we. I mean, <laughs> the alleged, the allegations that happened in that 30 second span were kind of insane. Oh but, man! All right, let's let's reel it back a little bit. Hope nobody fact checks any of this. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, if anybody's fact-checking anything we say, then they'd probably stop listening by now. So, oh, I hope so. We're, we're probably all right. Um, I did want to um, do a little preview, though. Of, so, Michigan, Michigan State coming up on Saturday. Uh, this all of a sudden, I think if you asked us, uh, you know, two weeks ago, we'd probably be like, Michigan stinks. No, you know, I don't even care about this game. All of a sudden, Michigan State's one and two going into this game. Michigan is three and zero oh going into this game. It feels like now this is either for Michigan a like if they win this game, it's like all right, there's you know the ceiling is now higher than ever for the rest of the season, and MSU also is now playing for you know a Big Ten title and that type of stuff. So I, I think there's a ton on the line for this one. I feel like I have deja vu. I remember us having the same conversation when Michigan football was headed to East Lansing to play Sparty. And it was like, oh, if they can win that game. I remember being like, if they win that game, they're, they're going undefeated, yada, 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 yada. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back that. I'm going to say that again for Michigan basketball. Go. If they beat Sparty uh, Saturday, I think they have a legitimate shot to win the Big Ten. I won't say go undefeated because it's just a gauntlet. But I, I think they have a legitimate shot to win the Big Ten. Wow. Oh, I mean, I I think that if they win on Saturday, 
they definitely like it sets a precedent going forward. Um, win the Big Ten. That's that's a tall order hmm. at this point. Positive vibes only. Anything can I happen. Mean, okay, it could come down to though. Uh, you know, their the, the games played right. So um, Michigan's only. Let's see in the Big Ten. Where is this? Uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up. Do 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 do. They're only do, one do, game back, do, do. I think, in the loss column. Right. So it's like this weird thing. Like that's uh, not that much of a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. We talked about it on the last podcast. There's 12 <laughs> games I think left in the uh, in the Big Ten schedule, right? It was something like that. I, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what I said, but so I mean, the leader in this conference is seven and two. Michigan's four and three. So it sounds weird because they, you know, they haven't played those games, but Michigan's going to have opportunities. And so now all of a sudden the Purdue game is rescheduled. So the canceled ga- uh, game is rescheduled. And my bet is that the MSU game is probably going to get rescheduled as well. So you, they're going to have opportunities. Now, what that means is that they're going to have three games a week for at least two of the weeks left in the schedule. Um, so it's going to be, like you said, Kalen, a tall order, but it's definitely possible. Um, you know, I would say, I'll I'll say myself, I don't know if they're going to win the Big Ten, but I definitely could see them making a run in the Big Ten tournament, making, you know, making a run in the tournament. That If they beat Michigan State, I think that it's like, they're probably thinking anybody that comes onto our schedule in this last half of the year, we can beat, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Purdue's, Purdue's tough, obviously, with, you know, their successes here. Like, that'll be – I don't know. That'll be a tough one. But uh, I, I feel confident going into Sparty, man. I got to talk shit to my wife. She got football <laughs> season, any basketball season. That's true. Need it. That's true. I – I, I cannot listen to Heather. I cannot listen to any Sparty fans if they were to possibly like sweep Michigan in football and, ba- and basketball. That would so, be rough. Yeah, and, and for everybody listening, we were talking about going to Frazier's for the Michigan-Michigan State basketball game. We did that for the uh, football game, and it was like my wife and one other Sparty in there on the whole other side of the fucking bar, and they're just yelling at each other back and forth like, Fucking go green, da, 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 da. and and a lot of people were ready to like kill her, and I just don't want to be a part of that situation. So we, we're we're gonna I'm head going out to, to Canton to watch this game. From that yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Smart. Can't let that happen again. Smart. Um, yeah, I I mean I'm excited. Like I'll be honest, the uh, during the Il, um, Indiana game, Michigan Indiana game, that was like the first time all year when I was like yelling at the tv like let's go like let's do this you know like it, it just felt like this team is actually they have heart now i know the northwestern game um was a little bit of like a weird letdown type of a deal but it feels like uh they still are kind of they their hearts are into it more than they were in the first part of the year yeah it seems like they're kind of finally hitting their stride they look comfortable out there um it's a different team than what we saw. I mean, beginning of the year, I thought they looked all right. But, you know, getting into a couple games, you know, we kind of started to see them fall apart a little bit. But it looks like they kind of made their way back. 
Hey, gritty, not pretty, right? Hey, that's a mantra. I love that. I love that. Um, the the other thing I wanted to talk about too uh, is just kind of matchups with Michigan and Michigan State. You know, I I actually think that Michigan matches up well with Michigan State. I I don't know first and foremost who is going to guard Hunter Dickinson. Hunter has been. You take away the Northwestern game where there was foul trouble. Probably the worst officiated game maybe of all time. Big Ten refs are like, I mean, I, I I think that you pulled a random person off the street, they could probably officiate better than Big Ten refs. Um, but outside of that game, Hunter Dickinson has been absolutely killing it. And I just don't see anybody on Michigan State's roster that can play with him. Now, I say that now, and I'm sure, you know, they'll – Tom Izzo, obviously, we know what kind of coach he is, and he's going to figure it out. But the only way I see them guarding Hunter Dickinson is trying to follow him out. And I can see them putting in Maddie Sissoko and trying to just go at him hard early and make sure he's in foul trouble the whole game. But you look at Julius Marvel, who's 6'8", 6'9". You look at a Bingham, who is no bigger than a, you know, a, a pole, a flagpole, and... I just don't know who's going to guard a seven foot two hundred Dickinson that's playing inside and outside. You think maybe they'll try to double him? Yeah, but that we're, I mean, that's worked in our favor in the past, right? I mean, it's worked. Yeah, I think for the, especially recently, you know, Hunter getting double teamed, then he finds the open guy, and half the time it's Caleb Houston. And he's and he's hot right now. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I knew you said what uh, Malik Hall. Malik Hall, yeah. I was thinking like maybe Joey Hauser a little bit. Yeah, they don't really have like a marble. That's who it was. That's who it was. Marble. I don't know, man. I, I, it'll definitely be like they're they're gonna go do like by committee to to guard Hunter. But then you think about that. Do you think about that? Like you also have to guard Musa Diabate, right? Like it's not like there's a, a big drop off there between Hunter and Musa, so. I, I think in down low, Michigan, in my opinion, has the advantage. Now, when you're talking about at the guard position, I do think MSU has the advantage. Max Christie has been playing really, really, really well. Um, and But then you think about Michigan, Devontae Jones in his last 10 games has also, also been playing really well too. Dude, he's hot. I saw Swanky put that up today, and I was like, yeah. holy shit. Like I knew he's been playing like better. But I did not realize how much better he was playing. I'm going to try to find these stats real quick. Swanky. Um, He's definitely been playing well, like noticeably well. Compared to like earlier in the season, I think we were all talking like, he's this guy's a bum. He's not the same yeah. as, uh, as Mike from last year. Well, the, the funny thing, too, is it looks at the first nine games. And the first few games, he, I think, like, from my memory, I, I'm pretty sure he played pretty solidly. So this is more so like his last six games have been like pretty bad. But his in his last eight, he's averaged almost 12 points a game, shooting over 50% from the field, 46 from three. Whoa. Yeah. That's, That's like funny. the huge one. I'm like, holy shit. So, yeah, I mean, he, he looks a lot more comfortable right now. I also wanted – so uh, Mitch Ross sent me this, our, our gambling man from – if you're an OG Blue by 90 listener, you know who that is. <laughs> Shout out, Mitch. Um, but – he, he sent me this as well. So 
Player A, 8.4 points per game, 3.9 assists per game, 19.6% uh, turnover rate, 45% field goal percentage, and 48% or sorry, 43% from three. Okay. Player B, nine points a game, five assists per game, 19% uh, turno turnover rate, 41% from the field, and 41% from three. Player A is Devontae Jones. Player B is Mike Smith. And that, that wow. they're pretty much the same people. Yeah. Which, like, if you would have just asked me, you know, hey, how do you feel about Devontae Jones versus Mike Smith? I would have been like, Mike Smith, like, played 10 times better than Devontae Jones. Right? But I, I do think during when the thing about – about Mike jo or sorry Mike Smith Mike Jones who Mike Smith <laughs> Mike the Jones two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four is that he uh, I mean he was playing with three NBA players plus Hunter Dickinson right so you have to think about that uh, and I also ha you have to think about like okay Devontae Jones yeah struggled in in the first part of the year and that was a big part of why Michigan struggled as a whole now Michigan's been coming on strong Devonte Jones is the one that's been leading it right so you know I think things go uh, they come and they go with Devonte Jones yeah and I, th I think part of the um I guess criticism against Devonte Jones is like I feel like people had a lot of the same expectations for him coming in as they did with Mike Smith. Like Mike Smith was a big scorer coming from Columbia and they turned into more of a facilitator when he got to Michigan and Devante kind of stayed that same scoring type. Yeah. Um, I think recently he's gotten a little bit better about getting the ball out. Um, but Mike, I feel like Mike Smith, he, he never really forced shots. Like he got a lot of his scoring just from like getting other guys the That's ball. True. And then, you know, he'd be open because whatever, that they're, they're going after that guy. Um, and I think Mike Smith was just more consistent. Like, he probably had 10 points every game that he played. You know, four to six assists, something like that. Um, and he did it. He played really, really well all season long. I think, I think it's just there's a sour taste for Devontae Jones, you know, for the previous games just because we've only had a smaller sample size. I think once the season goes on, people will, like, love that guy. Yeah, Mike Smith also cooler yeah. hair, great <laughs> hair, incredible hair, incredible hair. So you gotta, you definitely have to factor that in. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I mean, the other guy that we got to talk about is is Caleb Houston, just lighting it up lately. Um, th that's another guy who, just like Devonte Jones, we're all down on right at the at the beginning of the year, and it, he definitely struggled. I think. You have to realize that Caleb Houston it technically should be a senior in high school, mm -hmm. right? He, he reclassified and jumped up a year. Um, so I think it's just taken him a little bit to, to you know, uh, get into it. It's taken a little bit to, for him to accustom to a, a Big Ten game, and he's starting as a freshman. So, you know, you, you hope that everybody that comes in and starts as a freshman is just, like, unbelievable – but a lot of times that's not going to be the case. But anyways, he's come on strong, really, really strong for the last five games. And it's been a key to Michigan, on at least on this three-game win streak for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, plays a huge part. I mean, especially, you know, when, you, when you're when you looking at going up against a team like Sparty, right? We know how good they are. Michigan's going to need to go on a couple runs throughout that game to stay in it and hopefully have a chance to win. And if they can find Caleb Houston open in a corner or, you know, get him the ball at three-point line, he can get a good shot. You know, that's that's the guy you'll, you're going to want to get the ball to, him and Dickinson, uh, down low and, you know, to keep you in the game. And this game is away, correct? At, at it's, uh, yeah, East Lansing. East Lansing. So, um, you know, you, you got to get the hot hand going. And, uh, you know, if he can stay hot in a tough environment, I think it'll actually say a lot about him kind of going forward in the season as well. Yeah, for sure. And I and I think the way that Michigan won at Indiana, which was a great environment until they just hit threes right away. They were hot right out of the gate and then quieted the crowd. So if they can do the same against, uh, you know, against the is zone, right against at the Breslin, then all of a sudden it's a different game. If you take that crowd out of it now, you know, the Breslin's not going away. We all know that that's a, it's a tough place to win a tough place to play, but I still think that they, you know, it, it, it's definitely going to have a factor if, if Michigan can come out to a hot start, hit some shots right away. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited. So, um, and, and the women's basketball team is just balling out again. What's the, what's the score at right now? We're, we're recording. Um, they won the score is 7758. 7758. So an, a, essentially a 20 point win. It was up to 30 at one point uh, for Michigan over Ohio State in women's basketball. Nas Hillman put the jersey up in the rafters already. She's so good. So good. She Crossed just uh, sure. she just broke the record for most um, most rebounds in career history at Michigan. Wow. So, yeah. Pretty good. Damn. Pretty she's not good. like she's just like a physical player. She's not that tall. No, she's not like six eight or something like no. that. She's just like really skilled and she's physical. Yeah. That's awesome. Super impressive. Good for her. Yeah, absolutely. So um and they're seventeen or eighteen and two now, I wanna That's say. Crazy. Um, they're number seven and, in the country. Yeah. And they they wow. came out uh, at uh, halftime, I believe, today. So the women's basketball, they do like a NCAA tournament, like pre-bracket type of thing with the top 16 seeds. Yeah. Uh, and they had Michigan at number nine, so that Michigan would be a three seed. So, I mean, a three seed in the tournament is, is the highest by far that Michigan women's basketball has ever been. So um, awesome. pretty cool for KBA and that squad to be to be there and. It's going to be fun to watch them down the stretch, too. Hell yeah. Yeah, we got to get some uh, – once Michigan basketball beats Sparty on Saturday, we got to get some watch parties for these uh, these basketball games going. For sure. For sure. So the last thing I wanted to touch on, too, was big news for Michigan football, and it's not the best news, I would say. Uh, Mike McDonald is uh, reportedly going back to the Ravens. So – he was apparently on a one-year loan to us from John Harbaugh to Jim Harbaugh. Um, I don't really know how to take that, but I think from a consistency standpoint and from the improvement we all saw in Michigan's defense this year, you know that's definitely a bummer. It's definitely going to be a tough situation for Michigan. 
Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys and say I expected this to happen, but I think a lot of people probably had some thoughts, you know, yeah. like he'll come here for, you know, I know I think everybody like after like, oh shit, like look how good Michigan's defense was. They're like, all right, like, ugh, are we going to get, are we gonna be able to keep McDonald around? Right. Um, so it makes sense. He'd go back to the Ravens. I mean, shit, man, I'm as happy we got him here for a year. Well, I have no, I have no idea who's going to replace him, and you know how that defense is going to look. But hopefully, you know he was able to uh, instill some things in the players that are still around and keep the good, uh, the good play going. Man, what a power move, right? I'm just going to come to Michigan for a year, show you how to beat Ohio State, and then I'm, I'm out. I love it. I mean, <laughs> that's great. He'll be, he'll him. be the best D coordinator in Michigan history. <laughs> <laughs> he literally only lost like what two games. Lost two games. He, he Costanza did it. He, he George Costanza did it. He said, "All right, that's it. I'm out. I'm I mean, out. I mean, I did the best thing for Michigan's oh, defense man. in the last twenty years. I'm out." That's incredible. So, awesome. <laughs> but I, 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 I do think I, you know, I think this was the plan. Uh, I think it was there was probably an understanding between John and Jim. Like, hey, take him for a little bit, get him some play calling uh, experience. And then I'm going to take him back. I don't know if the plan was to do it in year one after year one. Right. <laughs> um, it was probably like keep him for two to three. I'll have my, you know, my D coordinator do it for the, the meantime, if you're John, but then like John's D coordinator shit the bed for the last, I don't know how many weeks of the year for the Ravens. And, and so John's like, all right, screw it. Uh, McDonald did everything we needed him to see him do. Come on back, Mike. Let's just trade. Let's just take Wink Martindale, and you can take Mike McDonald, and then it wouldn't be know. terrible. I mean, well, Kalen, did you did you tweet something out? Uh, what was it today? We can just be the minor leagues for the Ravens. That's what I said. Like, I why not, it. dude? Why not? That's actually <laughs> genius. Brilliant. Like you just say, like, ah, oh, this guy needs a little bit of training. We'll just send him to Michigan. He can get some experience. Oh, he did pretty good. All right, come on back. <laughs> and vice versa right yeah. if they have a guy that like uh you know needs a you know needs time or if they have a guy that's right. like up and coming it, it it would be perfect actually we that's like this is like next level thinking caitlin I, that's it's very smart you gotta apply for that uh position on indeed the analyst, oh yeah. yeah i'll be the analyst out here yeah you'll never see me again oh man <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. I, I love that. I think that's, you're like thinking five years ahead of time because I feel like that is going to happen at some point where like some schools become feeder schools to certain NFL teams. You know, oh, yeah. who knows? Fifth dimensional uh, checks right here. There you go. There you go. The, the one thing I did want to bring up with that though, did you guys hear the name that was uh, apparently Jim Harbaugh reached out to for this position. I saw something very could be a joke. I don't know if it's the same person I'm thinking of, but Partridge. Chris <laughs> no. Partridge? No. No? no. Okay, it was definitely a joke then. What? What? what who are you talking about? <laughs> oh, that's great though. I, I love. I that. kind of want you to keep guessing after that first <laughs> guess. I don't know. Um, that was my short list. <laughs> that's your short list. All right, there it goes. Uh, Larry Foot. So Ooh. apparently Harbaugh reached out to Larry Foote, which his name did come up before McDonald after Don Brown. Huh. I don't know. I think that was like. Is he coaching right now somewhere? 
Bucks. Bucks, is he? Oh shit. Yep. So that would be in my eyes a great move. Oh yeah. That'd be incredible. What do you think it's going to take to get a guy like that? I don't know. I mean, what what I guess what's your guys take then of I mean, that is still you know, a Michigan man. Right. So it's like, you know, it, it fits all those things, but, um, what's your take on trying to hire somebody outside versus maybe promoting from within? I mean, if you, if you think you have a guy you can promote from within, I say, go for it. I mean, that's, that's obviously going to be the easier option and you can don't have to pay him as much. Um, but if you don't think you have that guy, then, you know, go try to outside hire, you know, any means, you know, you got to make sure your defense is looking good and your coordinators, you have the right people. So, I mean, if you don't have to go out and get somebody, don't do it. Just hire from within. I'm, I mean, that's makes the most sense to me. They already understand the culture, you know, all that, yada, yada, yada. Um, so why spend the money if you don't have to? Yeah, some of the names I heard from, like, within was, like, Steve Clinksdale, right? What he's done with the secondary has been, like, actually pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive, yeah. Yeah. So, like, someone like that, I honestly wouldn't be mad. So I think if you go outside, you do have to get somebody who's like pretty legit and has a really Mike good McDonald track record. Type. Right. And so like Larry Foote, obviously that's like, you know, right at the top of your list. I think another one I heard was uh, uh, Vic Fangio, the former head coach of the Broncos. Yeah. Um, he but he was just uh, who he's interviewing, though, for the head coach of – who was it? I can't remember. Head coach of one of the NFL teams, okay, uh, yeah. as well. So Bears might have no. The oh, Bears it's... just hired uh, some other guy. I can't remember his name now. Hmm. Um, I don't know. So I don't know. I yeah, definitely there's some big names out there that you can go get. Um, I I love going, you know, promoting from within just for consistency, right? Like. I, I think, you know, you, you have a, a good system now. You've got good recruiters. I kind of wondered if also maybe the Mike Elston hire has anything to do with this. Maybe Mike Elston came knowing, you know, hey, Mike McDonald's definitely going to be, you know, Jim is not hiring Mike Elston a week and a half ago with no idea that Mike McDonald might be hired by his brother. Right. right. Like there, there's obviously conversations happening there. So I wonder if Mike Elston, which it's not been uh, announced by Michigan yet, just so everyone's aware of that. So I wonder if Michigan doesn't come out and announce that Mike Elston is a co-D coordinator with a Steve Clink scale or something mm. like that. Hmm. So, you know, I, I think Jim Harbaugh is still going to reach out to guys like Larry foot and, and others, but I, I wouldn't doubt that they maybe land back at somebody within. I mean, that would kind of make some sense, right? Like why he left Notre Dame a little bit. Right. Because, I mean, he had been there for, what, a few years at least. Ten, I think it was 10. It Was it 10 years? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that would make a lot of sense then, I guess. What was he doing at Notre Dame? D-line coach. Okay. I mean, so he would have – been expected to be the DC there. Well, right? I think that was the whole thing was that, so, you know, Brian Kelly leaves and um, the D coordinator at Notre Dame gets that 
head coaching job. So I, I'm betting that he was like, if I don't get this DC job now, like when am I going to get it? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so I bet you that was part of it. And then I, so that's where my mind's like, all right, does Jim Harbaugh at that time say, Hey, I know you want to be the DC at Notre Dame. It doesn't sound like you're going to get that. We can name you co DC here, uh, or give you a, you know, a, an elevated level of uh, responsibilities here at Michigan too, for that next step. Do you think yeah. there's value in you using that like code DC because like you can have another guy who's already been there and you don't have to have this huge like schematic change? Because if you think about it, if you were, you know, you could have been a kid who saw Don Brown, then you saw Mike McDonald and then you saw some new coach. That's right? true. That is that's very true. I I still have um, I, I'm very adamant on consistency being really really important especially in college college football i think it's important everywhere whether it's the nfl for for success if you keep turning things over every three to four years like it's really really hard uh to to you know have success but especially in college football to exactly your point caitlin there could be a kid that's a junior at michigan that has seen don brown or well, technically they'd be a C they, yeah, it, they could be a junior, but they have seen Don Brown also have a COVID year also see Mike McDonald. Now somebody completely different. It's really hard to have success and keep, you know, with all that change going on. Yeah. Need some consistency, you know, especially if you want to beat Ohio state, you gotta, you know, gotta have a plan that that works. <laughs> so, yeah. Totally. And you got to have kids bought in, right? Yep. Like I think, you know, you think about a defense that did play really well last year and they're under Mike McDonald. How do you keep those kids a from not entering the transfer portal, which is so easy these days and B bought in to like a new scheme or whatever that scheme is. Right. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's a thing that's going to happen when you have a solid program and good coaches out there. It's a good thing, in my opinion, when coaches are – when your D coordinator's getting hired to be an NFL D coordinator, that's a good thing. Like, don't, if you're a Michigan fan out there that's pissed because that Mike McDonald – like, we can't keep Mike McDonald, like, it's an NFL D coordinator job, guys. Like, it, it's – you know, you literally can't compete with that at the college level. I guess unless you're like Bill O'Brien, right? You go to Alabama, become the OC. Yeah, <laughs> Come right. Abroad. Like, well, you, not on, not because you wanted to. You got fired. <laughs> that's the thing, though. Yeah, this was a step up for Mike McDonald. Bill yeah. O'Brien was doing that because he couldn't make it at that at that <laughs> NFL level. So, um, yeah. Either way, I think Michigan's fine going forward. We're on day seventy-eight of Harbaugh watch, and it's just getting. You know, at, at one point, like, honestly, at some point here, we're going to be talking spring football, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're to February, right? Like, there's going to be a point where it's like, uh, hey, who's the coach? You know, like, I don't know. It's just kind of weird that it's really dragging on this long. I'm sticking to my crystal ball, 100% returning. 100%. All right. 100%. I heard it here first. You heard it here first. 
All right, well, let's move on to our interview with uh, Michigan softball player Alex DiRocco. So she uh, talks a lot about their upcoming season that's starting here in a few weeks. So excited to uh, to hear from her. And uh, and then we'll, uh, you know, talk about everything we've got going on with her. Alex, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How are you guys? Not too bad. Not too bad. We're sitting here. It is... Uh, January twenty sixth. I don't know what what's the date. What what day? You're is right. You, you got it. Wednesday. <laughs> All right. Wednesday the twenty sixth. Wake up from a nap over there. Uh, I just got done working out, and I just well. Uh, oh, look yeah, at this guy. I, you know, I yeah. Well, Casual flights. It's fine. Is that why you've got the small shirt on? <laughs> I got a medium on. Um, well, ever since we, we talked to Moody about and like we were doing all these uh, all these things in the summer of competitions i was like damn i can't be fat like with a beer gut going into this um but uh anyways so alex uh thanks for joining us so um you know you you're a senior now you you've uh you've had a few seasons under your belt here at michigan uh so are are you like the senior leader now on the team or because you're the pitcher too that's kind of that kind of comes natural right yeah, uh, pitching is definitely natural leaders for sure, but um, I'm not the oldest. Um, so we actually, a true senior class, there's three of us from that started here and are now finishing it, but we actually have two returning uh, fifth years, so Megan Bobian and Taylor Bump. Um, and then joining us is also a grad transfer uh, from UNC, Christina Burkhart, and then a grad transfer from Penn State, um, Elena Livingston. So um, quite the big class. Um, my two fellow seniors are Hannah Carson and Lexi Blair. Um, some probably very familiar names for a lot of you guys. So yeah, uh, very talented senior class. So good company. So with, with Bo Bean coming back, are you guys like 1A, 1B on the mound? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, who's 1A? Yeah. That's up for you to decide. <laughs> smart answer. Uh, that, I mean, there's there's always some competition there, right? But uh, you know, want to make sure. You, I'm sure it's it's friendly competition. Um, but you know, you, you're coming back. Let's go back to last year. Uh, you know, if we if if anybody out there that's listening remembers, you guys went to probably the toughest regional in the entire country. I know there was one particular person, maybe the head coach, that was not so happy about it. Uh, Carol Hutchins, uh, who's the GOAT, if anyone is wondering out there. Um, I, I specifically remember her talking about it. I've had some actual conversations behind the scenes, too. And she was so pissed that you guys had to fly out all the way to the West Coast, to Washington, to Seattle, play uh, uh, you know, a team that Washington was – they were a top 10 team or top five or something like that till yeah. the last week of the year. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And just to, they were, I think they finished second in the pack 12 and for us, number one of the big 10 to go to second in the pack 12, all the way out there, the time change, all of it, like Washington for the last couple of years has just been a solid program. So it was just, wasn't intimidating, but it was definitely a, a shot to the gut for sure. Um, but I think, you know, we went out there and and really just gave it our, our all and gave what we had. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and and it was. I mean, obviously, it's tough to to lose that and have that. You know, that's the way to end your year. But um, you know, was it? What did you guys take away from that? Was it like, hey, you know, we're gonna come back next year and be ready for anything now because you know, like, you know, let's be honest, Michigan softball has a reputation that you're gonna win the Big Ten, you know, or at least compete for it. Uh, and then you're going to go out and probably get a good placement into regionals. And and you guys kind of got the short end of the stick there. So is there anything that you guys have talked about from a senior class perspective or anything like that, where it's like, Hey, we got to be ready for anything now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's talked about a lot, I think just amongst the team this year is, you know, we get to that regional, but we want to get out of it. Like we, we want to go to a super. Um, and so that's obviously the next step. Um, and, but that's a long ways away thinking about it. Like that's yeah, a long that's ways true. away. So um, I think we got 16 days till season. Um, and like, that's the, like Tampa is what we're focusing on. And, you know, we're so, so, so excited to like finally play someone other than the big 10. Softball aside, I bet you guys are very excited for the warmer weather now too. Cause it, oh, it's absolutely. been like we woke up this morning that, here recently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and constant snow and ice. Yeah, I'm tired of it already. Do you guys get any free time when you're down there to like kind of like hang out and do stuff, or is it like all business of Hutch? Um, I mean, we have some free time and stuff, um, but usually it's it's pretty much business just because it's uh you know the first weekend you got to get like get back into the swing of things of season and like being sore, playing sore, and all that kinds of stuff. Like you're already exhausted from the plane. Like Hutch says, we got to finish our our Gatorade bottle of water before we get off the plane. So, you know, we got, we got our things to get in, get in the gear and everything. So yeah, it's just the little things that go into traveling to the, to the warmer States and stuff. So, yeah. Now, is there like a transition period kind of when you're, you've already gone down South, the season's kind of starting to pick up. And so you're starting to head back North. Yeah, um, I guess it's just coming back and playing home games and you got a little bit of a tan going on, but, uh, you know, the farmer's tan. Uh, but, you know, just kind of practicing and preparing. I mean, we've been in the in the cold for a lot and we're in Ooster Bond Fieldhouse for a lot of the, the winter preparing for all of that. So um, just like preparing and using our field house as much as we can is the best we can do with just how the weather is up here. Um and we're just like, I think the best thing about it, just being able to play out on dirt in, in the warmer states will help us the best. Is I think that's the biggest difference. Um, I think a lot of us are just used to playing in the cold at this point. So there's nothing nothing too major and stuff. It's honestly probably the biggest transition is being in Michigan this whole January and beginning of February um, and transition and get in shape to play in the heat all day long for five games a weekend. Um, the pitcher is actually kind of funny. Um Pitching coach Jen Brundage, we call her Biggie. She closes all the doors to their pitching building and turns on the heat during our workouts. So we pitch in the heat to get ready for that sun and just the all day exhaustion. So I, um, when I came in here my freshman year, I was like, "Wow, that's um, that's quite intense." But you know, it's real. It really helps you. I promise. <laughs> so yeah, that was interesting. But now it's something like I get excited for. Like, oh, like she's keeping the heat on. Like that's how close we are. So is that like, uh, where, where are you from? Are you from the Midwest or are you from? I'm from like Chicago area? suburbs. Okay, nice. Mm -hmm. All right. So yeah, that's yeah. like a, uh, not something you're used to training in. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
So then how do you feel about those like first few home games? It's like early March, you know, anybody who's been to Michigan early March, they, you know, you see some snow there sometimes. So. Oh yeah. Um, definitely. I think um, it's not too bad. I think a uh, well, majority of our pitching staff, um, Bobian is from uh, Michigan. So she's used to it. I'm from Chicago suburbs. We have Lauren Drakowski. She's a freshman also from the Chicago suburbs and then Emerson Aiken, um, she's from Virginia and then Annabelle Weidra is from Alabama. So I think she might have the biggest transition, but, um, a majority of us play in the cold and in the fall and stuff like that. So, you know, just keeping our hands warm is I think the biggest part of it with pitching and just staying warm. Like we have like a jacket requirement. I remember my freshman year in a preseason tournament, when we went to, uh, we went and played at LSU and I had to take my rain jacket, but was actually like, it was pretty thick being LSU heat in, in the beginning of March. And that was, uh, it was tough having to keep that thing on. So <laughs> I was sweating, man, but like, yeah. So like, it's just little things that I think like pitchers and um, especially have to like, just keep up with. And, you know, we're being from the cold, you know, we're, we're prepared with a lot of like long sleeves, jackets, all that type of stuff, gloves, ear warmers, all of it. So. Yeah, it's I mean, it's hard to even imagine sweating, uh, you know, and being in heat right now when I'm looking at it and we're in single digits here in Ann Arbor. <laughs> it's brutally cold right now. Yeah. Um, but then again, it's also like it's hard to imagine playing in alumni fields right now, too, because it's that cold. But the thing is, unfortunately, when March rolls around, it's not, you know, it, it'll be in the 30s and 40s, maybe, but it's not going to be 75 and sunny. Right. So, mm -hmm. um yeah, that's just something that you got to deal with. No, that's that's obviously you knew that coming in when you were coming to Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, but let's talk about Alumni Field. I I think it's one of the most underrated places to go watch a game, and and that's in all of sports. Honestly, if you're listening out there and you haven't been to a softball game at Alumni Field, you should go um, because I think there's probably let's be honest, there's a stigma of women's athletics and you know environments not being the same as men's and blah 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 it is so much fun the crowd is sold out like basically every weekend for you every guys. game yeah and so you know from your perspective what is it like to be able to play in front of that type of crowd well it's been a while for me so it's yeah, been since my true. freshman year which is kind of crazy this last time that i've had oh God, a normal season if we really think about it my sophomore year we got cut off because of covid and last year it was just our parents in the stands so hopefully the stands will be a little warmer if we have a little body heat going on and stuff but um yeah so it's been since my freshman year but i just like the electricity that is through that stadium like we have the biggest softball stadium in the big 10 i believe and it's just insane like just playing in front of that like that's what you dream about as a 12 year old growing up playing this sport like that's the kind of stadium i want to play in front of and it's just it's awesome to have the crowd they're always in it you know we have our crowd cheers going on and stuff and you know the last out of the game they're they're stomping their feet you know making tons of noise it's amazing um, it's even kind of cooler to, you know, look across the diamond and see, see baseball, you know, getting, getting there, getting their followers and stuff like that, but you know, pull out, so that's fun. Um, or, and our, and our games will get done quicker. So sometimes our crowd will have head over to baseball. So that's fun, but yeah, no, I love, I love our stadium and I love our atmosphere. It's, it's an awesome place to play in front of. 
I mean, like you, uh, like you were saying, Ro, and, and you, Alex, too. I think softball's right up there with hockey and football with the best environment for for U of M. I mean, maybe maybe even better than football. Hockey's tough. Yost, those those guys are nuts. But uh, but softball softball is pretty crazy. We what we need to do is get a seat in like the top of like what the right field bleachers. So if there's a baseball game going on, we can like watch both at the same time. That would be. Oh awesome. yeah, you'll you'll see the people that'll camp out up there from like when they let fans in. Like oh yeah, that's the spot that they're gonna sit because they can see like both our game and baseballs. So it's it's kind of funny to see like people like you know, kind of camp out over there just to get like a couple spots saved so they can watch both games. Now, do people tailgate for softball? Oh, I've tailgated softball games. From what I've heard, yes. The, oh, the perfect. Parents okay. The, the parents do in the in the uh, parking lot <laughs> over by the baseball field, definitely. All right, we'll keep that rolling then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We should definitely do that. <clears throat> that. That would be, if we got like an actual like big tailgate going, that would be a blast. <laughs> Well, that's oh, yeah, the great thing too. It's like the by the time we're tailgating, you guys are playing home games in what middle late March. Middle of March. So it's like eh, it might still be snowing, but still, it's it'll probably be better than like when it was snowing on us against Ohio State, and then just yeah. weather gets better throughout the season. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah. Oh it's yeah, I heard the parents season. already. Right. Parents <laughs> are already brainstorming. So. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're ahead of us. Oh yeah. <laughs> We'll have to hook up with the Storacos and uh, and and hang out with them. Oh yeah, they're 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 a rowdy bunch. <laughs> there you go, perfect, perfect. <laughs> um, you know, talking about uh, going back to your play, what do you you know? What would you say your strength is? Are you like rise ball all day long? Are you throwing uh, some some uh, some change ups? What do you got? Um. See, I go back and forth with my best pitch. Sometimes my rise ball. I, a lot of people say I'm a rise ball pitcher, but I, I think my changeup's pretty good too. But I think I can get away with throwing the two of those pitches all day long because of just how well they complement each other um, and the speed difference and movement and everything like that. I have a couple more pitches, but I don't rely on those like I do my rise ball and my changeup for sure. I think that's my biggest fear is if I ever if, – if we do ever get the chance to hit off you, you, you have to promise me you won't throw me a changeup. Oh, I, I, I will make a fool of myself. I might tear an ACL. I'm going to hurt myself if that happens. Uh, yeah, I I can't promise you that. I, don't, <laughs> I, can't. I, I need to sign a liability waiver before uh, before that happens. <laughs> I, I I imagine this is gonna end with like us like literally carrying you off the field. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, man. Probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm just fully, I've, I've, I'm prepared to be so embarrassed that like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm ready at this point. I'm, I'm accepting it. Yeah. Just like, all right, it's going to happen. Throw whatever no, how, you want. Wait, how fast are you throwing? Um, right now I'm probably throwing like 65, 66. Oh, I'd say. Oof. Okay, bro. All right. We're from 43P, by the way. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. I know. I have. I've. I've hit oh. off of. I've hit off of like a machine at probably high 60s. <laughs> I didn't do well. I'm telling you, it was like I was. Oh I, my the god. First Ten pitches. I. This was also a while ago, but the first ten pitches I was following off, and I just couldn't catch up. Then I got that. I got the hang of it, but. 
I'm with Jack. As soon as you throw me off speed, <laughs> it's over. It's Rose over. trying to get hit by a pitch. You just sit here. <laughs> I hit Oof. off a machine. This is fine. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Um I I I mean, listen, I I don't give myself any chance. But are you wait, are you a pitcher only or or do you hit too? I'm a pitcher only now. Yeah. Now? I used to hit I used to hit in high school, but I wouldn't be as good as I am today if I didn't stop hitting in college. Do they, ever, do they ever let you get any ABs? Like you guys are blowing somebody out oh. and jump in there? I mean, if we're if we're if we're just like having fun and like Hutch is like uh, front tossing on the field and stuff, like I'll jump in. Like last year, I did that, and the girls didn't even recognize who I was because we were, we had to wear masks <laughs> and stuff like that. So I had oh, a mask right. on and then helmet, batting gloves. I had my old bat, and Hutch is, she threw me one, and like you could tell, like I I think I fouled it off because it's my first swing in like two and a half years right. and I fouled it off and you can see like the wheels turning in her head like oh like how am I gonna like tell her to fix her swing she didn't she didn't like register who it was at first and then I took another one and then she she's still kind of like looking at me funny and then the next one I hit into the grandstands she goes oh my gosh Rocco that's you and everyone was like <laughs> dying laughing it was, it was really funny because you could just tell like she's like oh how am I going to correct this girl's swing like she's already like you can just see I even turning oh yeah wanting she's to like is this like a walk-on are we doing tryouts today what's going on here <laughs> that's what one of the girls thought they thought that there was a walk-on like or a girl was, like coming off the team and I was like um yeah guys because I also I'm like obviously I'm like one of the tallest on the team too and so like walking through the line through BP I was like like hunching over, like not making eye contact, <laughs> totally trying to blend in. So, oh yeah, it threw a lot of people off. Oh, that's man. amazing. Have you ever seen the uh, the LSU pitcher interview? Um, that, that's the one I think of like right away. <laughs> the baseball guy where he's like, "Yeah, coach, sorry, I never, uh, I never, I never uh, hit in high school." He yes, and he didn't bottom, come out but... to like the post game interviews that the coach realized that it was like, oh my gosh, he's like really. He like looks down the table and he's like, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that interview. Great interview. Oh, that's got to be you someday. Come gotta on, gotta that, get, yeah. I hope so. If she if she calls my name, I'm ready. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'll try oh, for sure. That would be amazing. Now. I think there's also a misconception about Hutch because she is <laughs> she, she's very fierce. She's got a fierce look. Some would call it, a, you know, RBF or something like that. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, when you when you get her in in uh, in the locker room and stuff, she's kind of a teddy bear, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. She, I love Hutch. She's amazing. She wants to do so much for the game. And she just she wants you to be so good that it's like it, it just gets to her. Like she wants you to be so good. Like she sees so much potential in her players, and it's like she puts her heart and soul into everything. Like of just wanting you to be better, but not only as a player, but says but as like a person. Like she just wants you to be a good person, and I think that that's like one of her best qualities as a coach. And like it's just it's so fun playing for her because like your players, like my teammates have have passion we have passion but like when your coach has passion like that like it's a lot it's a lot of fun to play for and and bonnie seems like the sweetheart but bonnie can uh can lay the hammer down in practice too right she can be intense yeah for sure (laughs) oh yeah one of our one of my funniest stories that i can think of from bonnie is last year we played at penn state and 
there was a ball fielded or hit to Taylor bump at third base and Taylor um, went to uh, step on three and throw one. And she turned the wrong way. She turned like the longer way and not the shorter way to throw to first. And Bonnie was like sprinting on the field to tell, like tell her we got out of the inning with it, but like with the double play, but you turned the wrong, you turned the wrong way. And it was just like, Bonnie, why are you on the field? Like, it's like, it was like one of those things where like, how did you get out there so fast? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's totally Bonnie for sure. Yeah. She, she, they definitely like, I think it, there's a, there's a perception of both of them that Bonnie's the sweetheart and Hutch is the hardcore one. But then like, if you, you, they, they actually flip roles a lot, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I remember when, uh, Hutch came into Orange Theory for the first time. I was terrified. I was terrified <laughs> out of my mind. I was like, this lady she might like might like eat me. Oh, she loves it. I know. We need her to come back in there. But uh and then like you talk to her and you meet her and like oh yeah. She's the nicest person in the world. Yeah, it's she the funniest can talk thing. to you for hours. Hours. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's the same with uh do you know the women's basketball coach, KBA? KBA. She's I've never had a way. full conversation, but she looks like like I say one word, she's like, get on the line. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very intimidating woman. But like, well, again, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, I, I still though, like I've known Hutch now for 10 years and I'm still very scared of her. Cause I, I like, even though I know she's a teddy bear, I feel like maybe I'm going to say something wrong. Like this one time, I don't know. She just gives that look, man. And you just, you just never it's know. It's like the, the squinty eye. It's the worst <laughs> yeah. when she like just rips off her sun. She's like, she'll get mad. And she'll like rip off her sunglasses. And it's like, oh no. Like, oh, what shit. did I do? <laughs> well, that's the best though. When she does that to an umpire and oh, she, yeah. she goes face to face with an up. I would that's... not want an umpire. in one of your games. No. To be honest. Yeah. It's so funny. She'll like tell our catchers like, Hey, like, if I'm yelling at you, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at the umpire, but I have to disguise it like I'm yelling at you guys <laughs> just so that she can get away with some things. So it's real funny. Smart move. I like yeah. it. That is smart. She's been in the game, I, I think. A while. I mean, the, the couple of cool things that people don't know about Hutch, A, I mean, she is a Sparty, unfortunately. She went to Michigan mm. State, um, mm. but she was like BFFs with Magic Johnson. Um, she went to what? school with Magic Johnson at MSU. I think I, I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, she has some stories, I think, about that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, like, that is cool. And then if you go back and look at, like, pictures of Alumni Field, when she started, um, she was actually talking about this. Uh, there was, like, a women's empowerment, uh, ta- uh, like, panel that she was on a couple months ago. And she started as the, uh, like, volunteer coach or something for, like, mm-hmm. $5,000 a year mm-hmm. back in whatever year it was, 30-some mm-hmm. years ago. And Alumni Field was literally – it looks like an, uh, a Little League field. No joke. Yeah. <laughs> the pictures are insane. It, it's, like, two fences, no top on the dugout, and, like – and they literally didn't have a fence in the outfield. And, like, wooden benches. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa. And like, she'll tell you, like, like she'll go out in the middle of practice sometimes and just rake. She goes, Oh yeah, I used to do this before practice or like before games. She like, she would help line the fields and stuff like that. Like just like crazy things. And you know, they were like, 
like you were you were the coach doing this like that's kind of crazy and just to see how much like she has been in the game as it has evolved is just it's just so like crazy to think about and like they talk about like locker rooms and stuff like that like our our newer building and all that stuff so it's really cool to think about like how much she's given to the game and how much she's grown with it um and expanded it for us is like really cool yeah i mean title nine specifically is she was like one of the founding members of title nine oh yeah so that obviously impacts all sports now uh so it's it is i definitely agree it is just super cool um you know what she's been able to do and and i mean you get to learn from her every day god that's sweet (laughs) yeah it's really cool because like she like you said like she is such a pioneer and all that stuff and like she'll she'll pull out stories like oh yeah like um i would like talk to pat summit and stuff like that and you hear pat summit everyone knows pat summit it's like no like you hear carol hutchins like everyone knows carol hutchins and like that's my coach it's really cool to you know be a part of like learning from her and everything and just hearing the stories that she has like and like hutch telling stories is like it's probably one of the best things ever because it's like (laughs) hutch and then she just pulls this like random story out of nowhere and you're like you did that like a lot of people don't know but she's horrible with directions so like on recruiting (laughs) stuff like she'll go out recruiting and like like she'll get lost like my first ever (laughs) i remember the first time i had ever seen hutch in person i was um i think i was 16 um in a travel tournament out in colorado and like we there was like four fields around and like she walked up and you could just see everyone everyone just kind of like stopped what they were doing games aren't playing like i was playing and everyone just like watched her walk up to the field just because oh my god oh my gosh like Carol Hutchins is here. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it was so funny. She walks up to our game. And we're like, oh my gosh, Carol Hutchins is at our game. Like, that's crazy. She walks to, up to my mom. I was not committed here at the at the time. I, I like I was uncommitted, like not playing for a very big team. So like no one really knew who I was. And she comes up to my mom, and goes, What field is this? My mom's like, Oh, like this is like a A2 or whatever. And she's like, Oh, I was supposed to be at like the B fields or whatever. And she, my mom's like, Oh, those are over there. She's at the completely wrong field, but ended up just like watching our game for a little bit and stuff. So, like, she, like that's what I my first ever interaction. And I remember going up to her mom, like, Well, like, what did Hutch say to you? She's like, Oh, she asked what field she was at. And then she said she was at the wrong one. So apparently she's not recruiting you. And so, like, that was the running joke for the longest. And, um, it's just really funny just hearing like her her little stories from wherever she goes and stuff like that. But it's so cool just like being at like a bigger like event and just like watching people walk like what like watch her walk and just do things. Like she'll go and buy popcorn at a concession. Like people are like, Oh my god, it's Carol Hutchins popcorn. And she honestly like she does not give a shit about anybody else when oh, like no. she could care less. <laughs> about like looking cool or being you know being that oh, person yeah. ever oh know? yeah uh-huh it's so funny because it just goes like she's so used to it now we're like okay hutch you're a celebrity like we tease her about it sometimes <laughs> but like it's 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 really funny so so if if she knew directions maybe she would have never known about you and you wouldn't be in michigan I actually have a really really weird recruiting that's not how she recruited me actually oh, really? um, I was yeah, I was committed to DePaul University in Chicago for about a year, and then I was um, uh, I decommitted from there for a while and just kind of got back into the recruiting path. And then my se- 
my junior year of high school, I was uncommitted at the time. And Bonnie Thole is from my area of Chicago. And she has a very big family um, that are all around the Chicago suburbs. And one of her brothers actually sent a, like, uh, an article from the newspaper to her and was like, oh, like this kid, like, just decommitted, like, maybe you should take a look at her and stuff like that. And so that was kind of it. And I was playing travel over the summer before my senior year, which I wasn't expecting of any big school offers just because of how late it was in women's softball at the time. Like, you don't kind of, you don't get offers from power fives like that as a senior, especially as a pitcher too. Usually all schools have their pitchers and catchers and everything. And Bonnie was in Chicago area for a wedding and just decided to just like, well, I guess I'll give this, this, this kid a shot. Came and like watched a couple of innings and Hutch came and watched me in Colorado later that summer. And then 2017 was this, the fall of my senior year. And I came for um, a visit against Michigan State. And it was a night game, and we sang uh, Mr. Brightside in the Rain, if that rings any bells for anyone. Um, So even before I even went to the football game, I we were playing like flag football with some of the girls um, uh, on the team and stuff like that outside of the softball stadium. And I pulled Hutch to the side, and I was like, yeah, Hutch, like, I think I want to go here. She looked at me. She goes, are you sure? Like, do your parents know you're doing this? Like, <laughs> you want to talk to them first? And I was like, no, like, I'll tell them later. Like, yeah, I'm coming here. Like, this is me committing. She's like, okay, great. Go tell your parents. That's awesome. <laughs> and so, like, and then, like, we, like, I went to the game and, like, still loved it, obviously, even though we lost. Like, it was such a cool atmosphere being in the big house. I mean, singing Mr. Brightside in the Rain was amazing. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I ended up committing here and the rest is history. So yeah, it's kind of like super rare that a pitcher gets um got like gets um an offer like that your senior yeah, year. That's crazy. I mean, it's I Yeah. Yeah. That it it's it's pretty crazy that I feel like everyone when you're talking about recruiting, I feel like there it's right time, you know, right spot, right time a lot of play, you know, in a lot of instances. Um, and it sounds like yours is, you know, pretty similar to that. It just kind of works out that way. Life at, you know, you find your way, right? But yeah, um, absolutely. I've even told Hutch like the the whole direction story with my mom from when I was sixteen. She's like, oh, I don't even remember that. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I guess so. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, we're we're glad we yeah that you uh, that you made it here. So. Me too. <laughs> there you go. Well, um, so what did you say? You're 16 days out, right? February mm-hmm. 11th, I believe, is uh, mm-hmm. your first game uh, in uh, down in Tampa. You take on Kansas City, uh, Illinois State, Florida, USF, and Kansas City again. So, mm-hmm. um, what are you guys? Uh, what are you guys doing right now to prep for that? I, I, obviously, you're in Oosterbond. I know Hutch. If if it was like 32 and a half degrees, she'd put you guys out on the field, but. Uh, it's a little yeah. too a uh, little too cold for that. Yeah, a little too cold for that. We still have snow on the field, but um, you know we're making making the most of our our time in the field house and everything. You know we're doing live at bats and everything. Pitchers are throwing a live at bats. Um, you know our hitters. Um, I think the most that I've noticed since we've started doing our scrimmages and stuff like that is one like every hitter that I've seen has gotten so much better they're harder they're harder to you know 
uh, pitch against and everything. So that, I think that's what's really exciting. I mean, also, they've seen me live a lot, so especially with COVID and not having to play a lot of other teams. So I, I guess that's part of it too. But I think our hitters are definitely getting better, and it's really exciting to see like how much like power, how much depth that we have at literally every position um, on on the field and in the lineup. Um, I think that's what's so exciting about this team. Um, we just have a lot of power everywhere, a lot of a lot of grit everywhere for sure. What are you guys? Uh, are you guys ranked preseason? Yeah, um, there's a couple of rankings that have us at 12, and then I think a couple have us at 13. That's okay. where, which is like, like a huge jump. Um, D1 softball just came out with the 12th rank, uh, the 12 ranking spot, and even in their little article, they talked about how like we were the biggest jump because um, we finished last year, I think 20th or 22nd. Uh, okay. We're usually we're usually around like 19, 22 is where we're usually sit preseason and throughout the season but we're at 12 which is like really exciting but um yeah a lot more to prove with that for sure it's exciting and, and i saw you put something up on social where it was like uh what was it top 50 players in uh college softball right now it's like you and two others that are on the team yeah right? um so yeah there's a couple of rankings that just came out me um, Megan Bobian and Lexi Blair are pretty consistent um, with just top uh, collegiate USA softball today just announced the um, watch list for the collegiate player of the year um, award that'll come out in I think June-ish um, but yeah me Megan Bobian and Lexi Blair are on that watch list so that's really really exciting for sure that's very awesome. cool very yeah. cool yeah that is that's quite the honor Quite the honor for sure. Um, and, and you and Bobby and like just going one A, one B, right? That's what we said. Um, yeah. but that that's who was, you who guys... was ranked higher on the list for the watch list. Oh was it a ranking or was it like just top It went 50 by last guys? name. It went by last Damn. name. <laughs> okay. So Bobby technically. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there you go. One A right. for now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking at go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm looking at your guys' schedule. That's your second weekend in Clearwater. Oh, my goodness. There's yeah. Oklahoma State, UCF, Florida State, LSU, and Michigan. Yeah. That is like a gauntlet yeah. of, of teams. Uh-huh. And it's over a two-day span. It's a Friday-Saturday thing. It's not even three days. So, like, oh my Jesus, God. dude. Talk about a game every day. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. the most pitches you've thrown in a day? Like a over day? a span of yeah, like over a span of a double header or just one game. Because if you guys have double headers, do you throw both games? Or does Megan throw both games? Or do you guys it, like? It just kind of depends. I mean, I mean, the last couple of years, it's been pretty much just me and Bobian, and it's like, okay, when you're tired, when you're tired, like I'm going in. When I'm yeah. tired, she's coming in. Like I just remember, I think it was my sophomore year, um, our first weekend in Tampa, and our, it was our Sunday game. And the joke is like, you four sore and we're tired, like. Like they were like, oh, this is a Sunday in Tampa just because it's like the first weekend. This is the soreness that we haven't felt in a year. And it's just like just the absolute grind. And so it's my sophomore year and we're playing Fresno State. Um, and we had just beat um, Florida 11 to 2, which was huge. And then we had um, a night game, Bobian threw a complete game against USF, who that was a pretty tough game. I want to say it might have went to extras or it was just really close to the very end. And then I threw the complete game against Florida. And so Fresno State the next day, we're like, 
okay, like Alex got the start. And I was like, okay, Bobby, and I probably have four to five innings in me, but you know, I'll, I'll let you know. And fourth inning came around. And I was like, Bobby, and you better be ready by next inning. I started the next inning. I started the fifth, walked the first batter, and sure enough, Bobby went in. And I was like, thank you. You got it the rest of the way. And, and going into extras. And um, I just remember like hutching them being nervous because we had a plane to catch back home. So oh, like, okay, no. guys, like wrap it up. Let's score one and go home. And I just remember us. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, we had a little bit later of a flight than Fresno State because Fresno State went straight on the plane on, their, I think, in their uniforms, and oh, we got to shower and stuff like that. And so, but yeah, like that, like Sunday in Tampa is a grind. But like Bobian and I are very interchangeable, and we know that. And we, I think, like we worked, we worked so well together. And the fact that like okay, like you're feeling a little, little sore today. Like, okay, like I'll make sure like I'm ready to go in whenever you need and stuff like that. And I think like we just complement each other on the field so well, you know what I mean? Righty lefty, obviously, but we, we throw such different pitches very well. So I think that's what contributes to our success for sure. I think it's, it's good to, sorry, go ahead, Kayla. Well, I was going to say, obviously you've been really successful. I'm, I'm just looking at some of these stats here and looks like your ERA for last season was like 1.05, which is just like, as coming from the baseball world, that's like Cy Young level, right? You're like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but I really wanted to ask you about um, last year. I mean, I love any chance that we can get, and Roden loves this too, any chance to talk about how much we, we can talk down to MSU. And so I saw you had 22 <laughs> strikeouts against MSU last year. Yeah. Um, I actually, I set the single game strikeout record that game, um, which was that really, really mean, cool because good. earlier in the season, Bobby and I both tied it. It was tied with Jenny Ritter held it, I think uh, from 2005 or 2006 with 19. And uh, I think Bobian's first game, she threw 19 against Purdue. And then later that weekend, I threw 19 against Nebraska, I believe it was. So I was like, okay, like it's the three of us. And it was like kind of cool. Like, it, like I'm, I'm around some pretty like studs of, like in company there. Like Jenny Ritter, that's insane. Right. Maggie Bobian, All-American. All-timer, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I remember I didn't even, I didn't even know I had that many after the Michigan state game and we were getting our post game meal and um, I'm sitting on the curb outside of our bus. Cause we couldn't eat on the bus cause of COVID together. So I'm sitting on a curb next to our bus um, next to the Michigan state field house. And one of our managers, um, Sam thick comes up to me. She goes like, Hey, like what's up record breaker. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm like eating my, my, my Lay's chips and my ham sandwich. And she's like, no, you just broke the record. Like broke the record for what? What are you talking about? She goes, you had 22 strikeouts. I'm like, really? Like, for sure? Like, like, did you miscount or something? And so like, that was like, that was really cool. Um, but I didn't even, I didn't even realize I had that. It was just like, that was one of the games that I was just like, okay, guys, like whatever it takes, just, just scratch one across. And Lexi Blair, sure enough, hit one over. And yeah, that wasn't was, that a didn't was it? Did he go to extras? Went to it, yeah, it went to nine. Okay, yeah, because uh, for people doing the math out there, seven innings, right? And uh, and three outs, you know. Um, but I remember because it was zero zero, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. game, crazy one zero game. and then nine innings. Yeah, yeah, that's that's and it was like it was like three up, three down, like there was no. 
funny business within that nine innings at all. Like it was a very competitive game for sure. And then I remember later on that week we had to go to Minnesota. So it was like very, very like short time of everything. Yeah. Like we got to be on our game. We're going to Minnesota where we eventually clinched big 10, which was awesome. But like, you gotta, you gotta pick it up. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So you've got the record. I mean, you got to break your own record now though. You know that, right? Yeah. But I, I, I'm okay with it now. I just want our hitters to, we just got to explode and we don't have to worry about that. Cause that's I can't, true. Beat, true. if you're playing seven innings, that's only 21 outs. I can't beat 22 strikeouts. That's true. That's yeah, true. You're going to drop third in there every now and again, you know, Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. purposefully, you know, don't throw it out that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Hey, we appreciate you coming on here. Um, you know, we will definitely have you on as, as we go throughout the season, but, you know, I'm excited because looking at the schedule too, uh, some of these games are on ESPNU, ACC Network, ESPN Plus, so um, you know SEC Network too, and then you'll get into the BTN, of course, when you guys are uh, come back up here for the for the regular season. But um, you know, very exciting to uh, to actually be back at Alumni Field with fans and like have a real season for the first time in two years. I you know use spring sporters. I feel so bad for honestly with uh, with everything that's gone down oh, for the last couple tough. of years. Yeah. So um, everyone out there, you know, go go support um, all the spring sports, but specifically softball this year. Uh, you know, you also can support uh, Alex here uh, at BlueBy90Shop.com. Um, so she's got her own personalized, uh, customized jersey hoodie on our site now. Uh, and we're probably going to come out with some other stuff here throughout the softball season. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, but uh, profi- our profits go towards uh, her. Um, so you can uh, so you can definitely fund uh, maybe some grocery trips or something like that. Um, maybe some shopping trips. I don't know. Go to the mall, <laughs> Amazon. I don't know. We'll see what whatever it is. But um, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciated having you on. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Absolutely. And you can uh, you can follow us at Blue by 90 on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Wait, Alex, where can we follow you? We got to say that, too. Oh, yeah. Um, You can follow me on Instagram uh, and TikTok is just Alex Duraco. And then Twitter is uh, Alex Stowe 8. Alex Stowe 8. All right. And wait, what's uh, are you like dancing on TikTok or are, what are, are we doing? Like it's funny a little, it's a little combo of both. I'll, I'll have, you know, the occasional hutch appearance and typically me and Audrey <laughs> dancing or some softball content, you know, the whole the whole shebang. There you go. There you go. Get it all there. Well, thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks for listening and go blue. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue.